Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Another week of the B-Side Podcast here at Liberty Church. I'm Steve King. Alongside me is Matt Luloyan. Uh, Matt, before we get to you, a special welcome to our guest, Pastor Raphael from City Church in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. A friend of ours, close friend of ours. We're excited yeah. to spend time uh, with Raf. Uh, Matt, welcome to the broadcast. Good to be here. And uh, yeah, Raf, great to have you. Thanks for uh, for calling in from, from the great city of Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Raf, you've been down to our church at least twice to preach. Is that true? I think that's right. Twice? Yep. Um, yes, yes, twice. So anyone listening to the broadcast, I imagine most of the people listening to the broadcast would would recognize your name, would remember when you came, um, but also a fair number of people maybe that, that have either joined Liberty in the last one or two years and maybe they were here when you visited, maybe they missed uh, when you came by. I think most of the times you come down in the summer, sometimes we've had you. Um, so maybe just a quick... Um, intro of yourself. Give us some background on yourself and the church up there and just kind of an update for anyone that's listening in. Well, I am uh, Raphael Mgandla and um, I'm so City Church Williamsport. Um, we replanted it in 2015. Uh, 2015 and uh, originally I'm from Zimbabwe. And so I grew up in I grew up in Zimbabwe, came came to to the states to come and go to school and um uh, and obviously i had other plans really um just started really working um i was coming from the mission field uh with um with ywam and then ended up working in a church in texas and um and then eventually god sent us over here in williamsport and uh we replanted a church and we've been at it uh in fact uh this coming uh Towards the end of the month, we're going to be here for like seven years. Yeah, that's um, awesome. That's great. Seven yeah. years. So yeah. God has been faithful. The gospel has been bearing fruit. Yeah. That's all. Congrats on seven years, man. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Raph, you've just been a huge encouragement to me. Uh, you've been a great friend to me and my wife and your wife, Heidi. We got to spend a lot of time yeah. together this past summer uh, out in Colorado at the Acts 29 Pastors and Wives Retreat. Um, you know, we're, I mean, I'm grateful for what you've been doing on the ground there for, for seven years in Williamsport and, um, man, just even the couple of times I've gotten to come up and, and see and, and visit you there just to see the, the impact you're having by just being present in that city and that community, um, the way you and Heidi are loving people well and, uh, modeling, um, not only the, you know, proclaiming the truth of the gospel with your words, but modeling, modeling the gospel with your lives has been a, been a huge encouragement. So Grateful for you, man. Thank you for, for taking this time. Um, you know, Steve, uh, is kicking us off here too this morning. We were spending our, our January, like we do every year, starting the new year, specifically focusing in on different mercy and justice issues that are present in our world. Um, yeah. so, so yesterday, uh, we looked at racial reconciliation, uh, which if we want to get into even like, even that, that word and that, that phrase is like not necessarily the phrase that's, that's being used broadly anymore, but, um, um, but really just talking about what does it look like to, to combat the sin of racism in its, in its various forms. 
Um, got to hear yesterday uh, a little clip from Dr. George Yancey, sociologist down at Baylor, uh, about the inadequacy of both colorblindness and anti-racism to more prevalent approaches in our society. He's saying those are both inadequate. Um, and uh, yeah, just grateful to have this time with you, Raf, just in, in, in kind of building upon our friendship. And also you live in central Pennsylvania, so you're able to take this, this really broad, big topic uh, of, of racial strife and tension and racism and, and bring it maybe a little bit more close to home for, for folks here at Liberty, anyone else who would be listening to this um, that presumably would live around here in central Pennsylvania. So maybe just to kick things off, that'd be great to hear just some of your own experience. Where where have you observed and experienced racial tension, um, brokenness around racial and ethnic divisions, or even just overt racism in central Pennsylvania? Where Where have you seen any or all of that? Um, so for me, it has probably been um, just some of the background of my story that I grew up in. So since I grew up in Zimbabwe, right next to South Africa, um, so I mean, I grew up around a lot of racism, just just seeing it growing up. Um, so Zimbabwe is right next to South Africa. And so uh, when apartheid was happening, um, well, I was I was I was eleven, twelve years old. So, just when you're watching people in prison, people being burned on the street, uh, and all that stuff, so I got to see just probably more like the terrible side of racism. Yeah. Uh, what probably like um, what people saw in the '60s here, I grew up and I saw it like. Uh, and it was, and then at the same time, you just, you knew, um, I lived on the side of town where, on the side of town where, where basically like things were not equal with the other side of town. And, hmm. um, so, so just experience that I grew up like basically like knowing, um, or maybe with the notion of the fact that like, um, the notion that black people and white people were not equal at all. Hmm. Um, not equal at all and you couldn't and we were different and so just so translate that to here um, so coming in here obviously like we we have seen the years of George Floyd and we've seen all the racial tensions that have come up um, a lot of times what I've seen here is is just listening to um I, personally, for example, leading a church and and maybe somebody coming in um, and really saying things like, um, "I'm not coming to that church because there's a there's a there's a nigger pastor in the church." Hmm. Um, huh. So I've heard that, um, huh. and and obviously that hit me with a ton of just. I'm telling you, like it was like a semi just. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it makes you end up uh, having to um, just negligent comments like that, like where where why is he here? Why why doesn't he go to Africa? Um, hmm. And and you remember I even called you at one time where I was just like, man, like <laughs> um, when I called you and I was saying to you, man, like. Um, people just, for example, like whenever 
the George Floyd stuff was going yeah. on, yeah. I think I got more emails um, and just really wanting to be a peaceful presence. Um, and I remember going and, and obviously helping. Um, I was with the mayor and uh, the yeah. mayor and the police chief. Um, they asked me to pray uh, at some of these rallies. Yeah. And um, just really just like to be there. I shared God's word and I prayed with the people and really kind of just helped people and try to urge them, hey, we're not destroying our city. Uh, but the emails that came in just basically like just um, they kind of just really were degrading in such a way that basically like it was um, I remember one of them. But that's not what we're paying you for. You know, yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so I mean, so yeah. I've seen that. Just or even comments like he needs to go back to Africa. Yeah. Um, and then obviously it's just some of the obviously like some of the the the, the tensions I've seen is just I I always go and see just the tensions I see because of politics and not only that like in some of uh, uh, Williamsport is dubbed Little Philly in some way huh. um, because of a lot of Afri uh, a lot of black people that had moved into Williamsport when we had a lot of uh, when we were doing rehab, drug rehab and stuff. Huh. So because of that, you're gonna see. And at the same time, Williamsport is 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 so central uh, in such a way that it's it's almost like a hub city of drug trade. Huh. Um, yeah, and so. Mm -hmm. So because of that, there's always shootings and there's always like crime happening. Uh, and so some of that is just when you go and you, you go to the comment section of, of, uh, of the news mm. and you see people you know, people you don't know, but people in this city, and man, the comments that you read there are so degrading and some of them straight out just racist. Huh. So, so I've just seen that and just obviously like just some of the brokenness that comes with that. And um, yeah, so all of it, and then obviously some of it is just, some some of it might just be COVID. Uh, but hmm. yeah, I, I've seen, I've seen enough to know that it's there, it exists. And um, yeah, for a long time, for, for a while, like I, I don't know if I, I mentioned this to you, just, when some of these comments are said, it makes you just almost like, just really almost say, God, who else is thinking that who's sitting in this congregation? Kind of. Yeah. Um, and, and that can, that can be, that can mess with your head. And in such a way that like, I always like say, in such a way it leaves you saying, I want to just go home kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's maybe even a great segue into, I mean, I'd love to just even hear as much as you'd be willing to share of what that, what that experience um, and seeing that and experiencing that does in you. And, I, and I'm thinking about that on, on both of those levels. So one, just as a, as an image bearer of God, um, who's trying to like, you know, walk through this disparity of who God says you are and then who other people are, are saying you are in those moments and what you're seeing in, you know, in comment sections, even in your own city. Um, and also then as a pastor, you know, who, who believes that the gospel is, um, 
you know, that Jesus through his blood, through the cross has broken down these dividing walls of hostility and made this way of peace and someone trying to lead out in that peace and call people to that peace. Um, yeah. How, what, how, what is seeing and experiencing these kinds of things? Like, what does that, what does that do in you and, and to you? Uh, I mean, some of that stuff is, is, uh, what that ends up doing is it, obviously, like, it wakes me up to a reality, um, like, to understand what is going on, um, specifically, like, so, for example, I remember there was a time when, um, when basically like I was pulled over by cops like at least three or four times that month. Huh. Um, and a lot of times it was just really just like, I, I looked at it as it was dumb stuff. And and I remember just walking in into, and one of our elders, Larry, ended up going to the police office and like, and basically like just going to the to the police chief and saying what is your criteria for pulling people over? wow that's good um, yeah so it, it obviously like it it i have to resist one thing um um first of all really one of the things that like at least it's in a personal level what i've had to end up doing is to resist um is to hold on obviously to the cross and resist as much as possible. Um, I remember like, I remember like when a lot of black people were leaving our church because they didn't feel quote unquote safe, um, just simply because of uh, the reactions and the, the voices that were being heard, huh. whether it was home group and it was in different places just within the, the church, like after we had watched the video, like George Floyd um, and uh, just watching that, after watching that, it was listening to that. And and then I had to fight so hard personally to resist the, the idea of like, let's just get along. Um, it's okay. You don't, you will never understand. So therefore I'm not even going to try to seek to be fully known huh. uh, because there's a part of me that really, you clearly don't seem like you want to know. Huh. Um, and, and, and then resist the urge of when you say, how are you doing? Do you really want to know how I'm really doing or, or do you have boundaries to how, what, like, do, are you even interested in me? Yeah. Um, is there room for, is there room to unpack um, just even just like some of the, the trigger, the trauma that is being triggered by some of these things that we're seeing? Or all I'm just going to hear is basically like defense of what did he do, what he shouldn't have, what he could, you know what I mean? All that. So for me, and resisting just that urge to, to just kind of be very what 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 I say just to broad brush every white person, huh. um, um, and then just almost like um, resisting the urge to to 
almost to resolve that depravity is never going to be changed like so pushing me back to the cross more of like god you broke down this wall it is possible so for me now as a pastor obviously like that taught me a lot more just to lament um to lament but then to hold on to the word of god and to and to hold on to the possibility of what I see the cross has already said mm. and 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 then <clears throat> fight to make sure that just fight to make sure that 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 the word of God is preached, but then I do not assimilate into this into this like where where I would say just coldness of heart like yeah. and just give up and mm. then but then still make sure that like as much as i am i'm fighting for i'm fighting for biblical unity and i'm also making sure that like within within the church i still make sure that like i i don't shy away to to be prophetic gospel gospel prophetic mm-hmm. in a way of I'm not gonna allow I'm just not gonna allow what's happening in the world to 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 divide us. I'm still gonna make sure that like I prophetically declare God's word to to keep on shaping to and basically like to remain hopeful when it comes to just the unity. So yeah. I feel like that's that's what was threatened a lot, gospel hope. Yeah. Um gospel yeah. hope and which is which is now where i think a lot of like what you get to see today um talking about the yances your candies and your we have more this is actually probably like what's what what makes this topic a lot more hard to unpack lately a lot of people usually are like Man, why 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 is this a big deal now huh. um you have to understand like when you have more black and brown people getting phds yeah and education and then when what's gonna happen there is like the more educated this is happening the more educated the more um if if for example if, if one of the things that like that sends you into a phd dissertation is hey if there's something that you feel like is not really being done right so you are seeing a lot of guys that are coming out with with things that have they've deeply researched and so at the end of the day you have more people um being more people coming alive into truth that maybe we're covered in a very long time hmm. and then all of a sudden so it's almost like you're watching you're watching the dam breaking huh. and then all of a sudden and that's actually like and and then the dam breaking and then flooding of information and podcasts are coming up every time everything and then so at the end of the day that's actually now what ends up actually threatening that hope 
is actually like man like just it's it's almost like listening to a podcast about pastoral abuse to the point where you almost feel like you want to give up on the church you see what i mean yeah yeah even on the front of racism you almost get to a point where you're like wow yeah this is overwhelming like god is there ever hope but then obviously like then letting the gospel pull you back out of that yeah that's good rough is that um maybe just a, a not a complete summary but just put some of that in my own words just as a question back to you are you are you suggesting that the um the amount of attention that's being given to um just the failures the the, the struggles the outright racism um especially in our country in our in our cultural context here in America um like all the all the failures and problems it's being addressed by by more and more people, by more and more academic institutions, by more and more educated people. More more data is being presented. More arguments are being presented. Are you suggesting that the 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 sheer amount of that information um, is leaving is still leaving people so unsettled that the gospel kind of is able to get a foothold with where all that information still has a gap in it, or is still falling short of effective solutions or addressing of the issues we're seeing? I'm just suggesting that that basically like at this at this juncture of time and where for example like you you have even like a big surge of deconstruction that's happening even in church it just Mm -hmm. Basically, people are really wanting to know what really happened, and 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 because of that, you are seeing also people that, like, just basically, like, what ends up actually like stirring up. Um, so, for example, like I'm doing a PhD PhD work right now. The the topic that you end up really diving into is the topic that's been eating you up. So a lot of people just like are diving in and they're discovering more. So because of that, the dam is breaking. Hmm. Hmm. It's, it's just you've got a lot more. So there's a flooding of information that's out there. And, <clears throat> and the gospel, yes, is effective. Um, the gospel is... And so... It's a great opportunity for the gospel during this hour. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, it just basically explains why why these issues have become a lot more and more, a lot and more and more. There's now a, a lot more people addressing that rather than some time back, it used to be just like... Um, your Martin Luther King was a minority, hmm. like and a minority voice. Mm-hmm. Malcolm X was a minority voice. Yes, there were a lot of people kind of talking on this, but yet actually those people, and which is now like where those people, no matter how much they voiced um, some of those issues, they they didn't have as much, you know, like they didn't have as much of the platforms, like steady, steady platforms to be able to, and steady, credible um, mm-hmm. platforms to be able to 
to be heard. Mm-hmm. So now you have more people that, and which is now like it, it, when we get to the other side of, of just power structures, obviously, it's just one of those things where it's like, it, it, it gets to the point where it's like, you know, you're only listening now because the people that are talking um, have have your stamped approval. You see what I mean? Like, huh. of like, they, they've been given that platform by, and, and that's, they've been given that platform by what you've considered credible. Hmm. You know, but you see now, that's where now the gospel then is meant to thrive. Um, where at this, when you look at Paul in Galatians 2, what's the qualification of the platform in which we should be all accepted? Mm-hmm. It should be, it's not in line with the step of the gospel. What is the gospel? Mm-hmm. The gospel then goes back to creation, you know, creation, redemption, consummated value. Yeah. And creation, redemption, consummated dignity. Yeah. That basically then over, like basically like puts almost like equal footing like to be able to to talk and to be able to to really accept one another as image bearers as as re, re as as christ image bearers mm. you know yeah. yeah so so that that that's the opportunity the gospel at least has here yeah yeah i see i i see that too man i and i'm hopeful in that but i I'd imagine the battle it is to remain hopeful, <laughs> um, you know, and I, I experienced some of the same just with the great opportunity with all that new information being out there. It also creates in some sense, a lot of like questions that have how do I, now how do I like sift through this information? Like who do I listen to? And there's valid insights coming in here, but maybe they're, even if the insights are valid, they're, they're based on something that's got a completely different vision for what the answer is, or even a, a different, a different, you know, um, a different worldview completely in terms of they don't believe in creation or people being image bearers. They don't believe in human depravity. They don't believe in kind of these core foundational truths that, that we believe as, um, as those who look to Jesus and trust the gospel, um, so maybe that's even just a, you know, I'm sure we could keep talking about this for a long time, but what's, what's help, what's been helpful for you and the, and the people you're shepherding there at city church, people you're coming across people, you know, even what you would say to, to the two of us and the folks at Liberty church, um, what are helpful ways forward? Um, and maybe I'll set it up this way. You know, Dr. Yancey, uh, you know, he talks about some things like mutual accountability. It's, it's recognizing that we all have different accountability and we all have different, there might be different responsibilities, but we all have some responsibility in this. Uh, he talks about conversations, like it's good to have conversations to pull people in so that there's some buy-in into like what the solutions look like. And we're not just kind of mandating solutions, um, you know, from one group of people to another group of people in any direction. Um, all of these are kind of more more principles of kind of like let's you know let's maybe build some guardrails so that there's a road to walk on. We're gonna do it conversationally. We're gonna do it with mutual responsibility and accountability. Um, I think a lot of people, and we even got a couple questions like this um, from people in our church after the service yesterday. They're like, okay, that, I'm that's great. I like the principles. 
what does that actually look like? Like, kind of take maybe maybe Raph, what, to whatever extent you you know you've got some thoughts on this. <clears throat> maybe help us take us down the road a little bit from some of those principles as to like what that actually looks like on the ground. Um, for me, one of the best ways forward, obviously, like we have to think about um, maybe obviously like prophetically as a church being able to at least like uh, I love that accountability uh, being able to at least recognize and sift through some of the voices that are happening even within the church they they are just like um, they they have some of uh, some of even just biblical um, Christian brothers and sisters who obviously like for example what George Yancey talks about um, some guys who really do espouse color blindness, right? Hmm. Um, which is actually like, and they use even the the Bible to to do that. Huh. Um, and I could mention a couple of them, but like, but just really making sure that we are aware that hmm. just because it's biblical, um, is it, like just because basically, like, if we can we can proof text anything, basically. sure. Yeah. So, so just really being aware that there are some that will, that that genuinely um, will will argue from the Bible, but they are talking from the color blindness. But then also there are some that are very radical as well. Uh, where at the end of the day, like the anti-racism stuff. Um, so we have to kind of just be aware of that. But <clears throat> the the way forward, where the gospel at least gives us hope. Uh, is that there's also just like, um, <clears throat> basically, like I would say that anyone who's writing, we as long as we're aware that they still, um, they still, um, yes, there's God awareness, but they still like we still need to also be aware that they there could be some idols that they're also protecting themselves. Mm. You yeah. see what I mean in sure. terms of like, yeah what's the idol behind that a ton of times so just really being aware but then um so educate ourselves read some of these guys uh read some of the guys that we don't agree with um yeah read some of the guys that like be willing to sit through willing to sit through people that that don't have to go through our criteria of approval first before we can hear what they're saying. Hmm. You know, hmm. just really just listen to what they're really bringing. And, you know, um, even your worst enemy can have elements of truth. Hmm. Um, hmm. You know, so we really just like, so educate ourselves, but then really educate ourselves on some of the, some brothers that have written, like, for example, like, um, you know, Isaac Adams just released a book hmm. recently on on let's talk about race. Shailene's new book hmm. is really good. Carl Ellis, uh, free hmm. at last. He did yeah. something really. Uh, John Perkins is uh, always a go-to. Tony Evans. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, really just like and you know, like they point ways forward and acknowledging the problems while also giving biblical means to handle them. Um, how to fight racism uh, sometimes like it can really be good in giving practical ways. Um, and so really reading them, reading some of those, uh, but then at the same time, really, um, one of the things that I've found 
Um, and this is something that it is like I I'm, I see this being. Um, I talk about it from a personal standpoint. I see more black people willing to be in white-led churches. Huh. You know, white-led churches, especially within um, within Christianity, like within just in our network or hmm. in churches. I see just like, and then, but then also when it comes to like um, being a pastor in, I just kind of remember just a lot of the pressure where I felt like, and I know that a lot of brothers kind of feel this where, where do I have to literally quote John Calvin and all the other people you approve of in order for you to approve of me? Or can we just totally sit equally? You see what I mean? That's now like where at least like, um, just like some of that, like when you're listening to some of this anti-racism that's talking about reconciliation, a lot of reconciliation talk is a lot more. Let's get, let's just, let's just get along versus actually like, hold on, let's, let's dig a little bit deeper behind this. Um, you know, I've been reading, this is like, I'm reading the whole Bible in 90 days and mm. I'm, I'm amazed by I just read through, um, I did read through through Leviticus and Numbers, um, and one of the most amazing things that I saw when I was thinking about this talk, um, and just really when when it says we're made in God's image, thinking about how many times God keeps on saying, "I am the Lord your God," "I am the Lord your God." Hmm. First time he reveals himself as the great as I am, hmm. and then after that he just like I, man reading Leviticus like it's like half the times almost like this paragraph after paragraph where he says I am I am I am, and and it just made me really wonder as I'm preaching even through the the the, um, the Ten Commandments yeah, where yeah. God says I am the Lord your God like what was what was more at stake there was his dignity Hmm. was his identity Hmm. and who he was like Hmm. the moment they forgot who he is then it's almost as if like so it's almost like you're watching god having to reestablish every time he tells them what to do he has to reestablish i i feel that actually now what what we need to watch out for even so if we're made in his image, we need to make sure that dignity remains intact. Hmm. You see what I mean? I think that's that should be first of all the way forward. Hmm. More than anything, it's just really like the dignity. And I'm glad you use Galatians chapter 2. Because mm-hmm. there Paul is pointing at, at, at the assigned dignity by the one who created the one who redeemed and and first of all can we be able to sit down and and some of that is so when we sit and we begin from the dignity perspective all of a sudden then we can be able to actually like be quick be quick to hear and slow to speak discredit experiences 
sit down and literally just like be able to 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 listen to I, I think basically like uh, like when it comes to black trauma hmm. um those literally need to be I remember Elliot Grudem um he said something to white pastors that we were with hmm. um when we went to the museum um the the, the at the Loretta um uh, a motel where mm. Martin Luther King was yeah. shot. He basically said, "Hey guys, what we're about to walk into in here is a gift." Mm. It is so. So a lot of times when we start really unpacking some of the stories of racism and 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 trauma, or even just the fact that, like, um, you know, the fact that I know every single spot where police officers sit and in our city hmm. and the fact that like i when a police officer drives behind me what's going on in my head the fact that like when i get stopped what's running through my head what's huh. going on like understand bear one another's burden like unless there's a dignified in terms of like you and I see each other with the same dignity. You won't receive those kind of gifts in a way that at least will allow you to be able to see and feel my pain and feel. And at the end of it, you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and even just like, like, like hear where I'm coming from and, and hear what my real cry is. Uh-huh. Which is like, and but yet at the same time, so sometimes we're so quick to defend and and object and 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 defend some of these structures that like that that maybe is a crushing huh. to one side of people, and then we we're like, hey, there's a problem here, there's a systemic problem here, there's, and then we're like, no, it's not there. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong here and all that stuff. But yet, and my problem then comes in there where I'm like, guys, we are so, it's so easy to to own. Um, to, it's so easy in our salvation system to, to, to. Taking a quick break here on the broadcast as <laughs> Pastor Roth had a quick visitor from downstairs in his home. One of his kiddos. One of his kiddos joined the B-side for just a moment there. He's back. <laughs> that's Roth, listen, that's happened before. Uh, Our kids have been on the B-side. Unplanned. Un- unplanned guests. They have been. There you go. So, that's okay. hey. so my biggest issue then is maybe going back and then actually then being able to say, not an issue, I think one of the biggest solutions is that can we all look into can we agree that in Adam we sinned Hmm. and so we are theoretically willing to own the sins that we committed through imputation Hmm. but we're not willing to own the ones that are 200 300 years back Hmm. Hmm. or 400 years back we are so quick to, and some of that is is also, we're so quick to def- defend maybe the idols that are behind some of that. Huh. 
And and so the, I think the way forward is literally like being able to say, hey, some of this stuff, it's going to be very, very hard to hear. It's going to be faithful wounds from a brother, mm-hmm. but yet they're going to be so good for me. Mm-hmm. And being able to sit down and then read it. and <clears throat> But then when we hear what we've heard, I think even the way forward is going to be like, okay, with this neighbor that is sitting in front of me, what can I do to begin to to act on what is very biblically, like this biblical justice in terms of what can I do, like as in like this instant obedience to the word of God and to the dignity that is assigned, what can I do? like with the people just just really like from that instead of actually then nodding and saying wow i hear and then just crawling back into the cave where mm. where we just kind of just like remain things that are unchanged mm-hmm. what can we really do um yeah and so that really then begins to like way at the end of the day i had to share this with even some people within our church when that was going on uh, I, I just found myself shutting down because I just like, and all of a sudden, the only people I could talk to were people that I knew understood. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, yeah, we're part of the church. But yet I know that there's a part of me that just, you probably don't want to know. I, you know, there's part of me where I don't feel heard. Um, and then all of a sudden now, it, it's almost like, uh, even within, um, I, I loved during that time, there are some people, older people that were, they're, six, they're in their 60s that basically just joined our church because they were like, we intentionally want to be in a church that's led by an African American or a person of color because mm. we're here to learn. Mm. Not only that, to and for me that was so encouraging Hmm. but then really like they had to ask me hey so what does it feel and i've had to now really defeat the the fact that i always feel like i'm a stranger at the table Hmm. you know the stranger at the table and but now how then do we fight and the way forward is can somebody feel like they're not a stranger and their family at the table? What will that take in order to make sure that, that they don't feel like a stranger? What will they take? What will Cause you know, what will that take? Hmm. And then really begin to actually like, um, so for example, for me as a black pastor, if I bring an idea, um, or, and I really, do I feel as if I have to go and find other credibility? I have to find, I have to literally hide behind the credibility of white brothers and sisters in order for you to believe. Huh. You see what I mean? Like, sure. does it, is there some, are there some things where I feel like you, you literally, you totally respect me without, and I think that's now like where that anti-racism kind of, like where we need to actually look behind some of that stuff and actually begin to say, okay, what does actually like power look like 
just from a dignity perspective versus actually like like a totally like a Malcolm X, hey, let's give us our own country, let's let's just do our own thing. Sure. Kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. Like so so there's just little nuances of like and then same time obviously the reason why I'm saying it in this way is because um you know, we need to be praying for understanding faith and and obedience to God's word in relation to biblical justice, but yet recognize that there is no one size fits all. Hmm. The the people eventually that really, really, really you need to to really begin to work with are the people that you so for example a black person walks into your church or walks into like um you know, making sure so ah, being a Zimbabwean part, being a Zimbabwean or African has kind of put me in a very interesting place. Hmm. Um, because I've had white people say nasty things against black people, but then I've heard I've had black people say nasty things against white huh. people. Huh. In our church, I've had people leave because our church wasn't black enough. I've had people leave because our church wasn't, uh, our church was accommodating more and more, like at the same time, like, and then I've also had more people, some people say to me, well, he's not black like us. Like, you see what I mean? So it can be tough. But like now it's actually then really having to fight for what, what does it, so, so, my black experience is different than another person's black experience and all mm-hmm. so there's no one size fits all answer because context are just but yet at the same time what does honoring and dignifying every single person you come in touch with mm. look like mm. yeah and get to know them and get to so that 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 i think probably would be my biggest way forward it just really kind of it hit me hard when i was watching god says i am i am i am Mm. and a lot of times we're going back when the sanitation workers were protesting what what was their biggest cry right i am a man too i am and and i think as long as we can actually then really just almost like dignify each other to the point that we can be able to listen to each other hmm. with equal so that I don't feel like I'm in an echo chamber yeah. and I'm having to like just have to a lot of times it's almost like you fight and then you go back you restructure your thought you come back and you fight you restructure your thought and you're like <clears throat> but I'm not being heard you come back and a lot of times underneath that it's simply because are you really hearing my cry? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is my cry from an image bearer as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and a cross bearer? And is my cry, and which is actually then obviously takes us to Revelation 7 and 9. Um, God doesn't differentiate their praise, doesn't differentiate. He looks at it, it's almost people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue. And they're all crying one cry, and he receives it as a sweet aroma to to himself, right? Yeah. He receives it, and that day is actually like if we if God receives it there, mm-hmm. we need to be receiving it 
with the same density. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I I think yeah we could go on on this, but like no, for me good. that's really just like what probably fires me more right now. It's just really like the gospel then gives us almost like a deeper a deeper way to begin. It's not so much of just like beginning two hundred years ago. We're mm-hmm. beginning, we're beginning in Adam. We end. <clears throat> so therefore, the gospel says that just our our sin nature says relationships are fractured. All those things that you know. So mm-hmm. then let's begin there. Let's go to the cross. Let's go to the end. And then after that, let's be willing to wound each other, and be willing to to actually begin to walk walk maybe the the painful road yeah um yeah so. sounds like there's there's a lot of a lot about identity that's wrapped up in in this and that has to do with um with you know god saying who he is to the people to his people is a reminder of his identity and we see throughout scripture the people rehearsing that um it's in um it's in their, uh, it's in the law. It's in their, um, their ceremony. This constant rehearsing of who God is and who they are as His people. Um, and Matt yesterday in his message um, really challenged us in you know here at Liberty to think about people in three steps, even people that were close to us in light of the the content that Matt you was preaching on. Um, to say someone's name as they are a person whose identity and value comes as a person who's made in the image of God. They are a person whose identity and fall is because of sin and who we are in Adam, you know, as part of the human race descending from Adam. All of us are in the, in the image of God. All of us are fallen as sons and daughters of Adam, but then all of us are in our identity, sons and daughters of God because of Christ, or we want people to be, right? We want people to be in Christ. Maybe the people we would think about or, or people that even were worshiping with us yesterday are not yet in Christ. And so those three steps of identity, who we are created in God's image, who we are in the fall in Adam's image, and then who we are restored in Christ's image, um, or that we want people to be. And it's like so, so much foundation of our faith, but even so much foundation of our practice. And Rafa, I think you're hitting on a lot of this is, you know, this living out of our identity. Even Matt, um, and Matt, as you can see, Raf, our listeners can't. Matt just had a quick, quickly step away. He'll be back here in a moment. Um, you know, quoted, quoted another theologian yesterday and just said, so much of our challenge as Christians is not in that we can't get find a new way to be to relate with each other it's that we're having difficulty living out of the reconciliation that is completed and done in Christ so that's not to that's not to simplify and say well because it's done oh yeah we should be reminded that it's done and therefore everything will become easy but it's that it's done and now the hard work has a starting point and that hard work has a hope like there's hope that the hard work will actually lead to really good fruit because who we are in Christ and the completed work of reconciliation. 
Um, and so, Matt, I thought that was a great kind of point that you made yesterday. I think you quoted it's Monique. Is it Dusant? Dusant. Dusant, right? Center for Biblical yep, Unity. Right. So, like the the challenge for us to live out of the completed rec- reconciliation. And I was just saying to Roth, like that creates hope for the hard work to be done. It has a starting point. That's right. In that regard. That's right. That you're not trying. I think you 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 hit it there. Thank you. No, man. That, well, thank you, Raph. I mean, just even your thank you for sharing your experience. Thank you for, um, man. I mean, you know, you don't have to quote anybody to have cred credibility for me. So, um, I and I think that's also a gift to our church, man. They've heard you preach here a couple of times. They've heard with clarity, you know, the gospel of Jesus clearly proclaimed and upheld from you. So, thank you for just your experience. And then the confidence we have in, in who you are and the faith that you have in Christ uh, is an encouragement for, for me and for us to learn from. So thanks for the time you gave us today and uh, looking forward to continuing to, to learn with you, from you in, uh, in days to come. Hey, just a quick note to our listeners. I just looked over to my left. Our computer had a little warning up that said something was overloaded and so our recording stopped. Oh, nice. Not, not long ago, okay. but just a moment ago. I don't know exactly when. Um, but if you're listening and there was a gap off to go see it, where, where the gap was, I mean, you probably missed the most important thing. You probably uh, did. We said. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that the gap was not too much. But just if you're listening going, did I miss something? Was there a gap there of one to 100 seconds? There may have been. So I'll we'll find it. We'll try to find out what happened there. But you may have missed some some content. Um, but truly, just to echo, Matt, what you said, Ralph, thanks so much for for joining us today. Loved having you on. And we could spend hours talking about this topic. Appreciate your insights and also your your heart for Christ in delivering these insights, right? Yeah. That's, that's that's such a that's why you're that's why you're a great friend of ours, and why we love being a friend of yours, and um, we're brothers in Christ together. So we appreciate you. No, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. Thank all you right, everyone. Yeah. Hey, goodbye, everyone. Enjoy the week. We'll talk soon. Thanks, all. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B Side Podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.